The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Firearms Friday, T-G-I-F-F, thank goodness it's Firearms Friday, or F-F-F, finally Firearms Friday, or F-F-F, never mind, I just, hi, how are you, welcome to the program, it is that most glorious day of the week, the one day of the week that we uh, target down and focus down in on <clears throat> one of my favorite topics, which is the right to keep and bear arms. And uh, again, the one right that allows all the other rights to exist at all. It is what I believe to be one of the fundamental basic things that it kept that has kept America as free as it is to this day. And I appreciate all you guys uh, coming in and joining us this morning. On this, the 6 o'clock club uh, version of Firearms Friday, here in hour one, we're going to be diving deep into the queue and talking about some stories from around the country in regards to firearms and firearms goodness and Second Amendment rights and everything else. Coming up on the program today, guest-wise, we're going to be joined in hour two by Top Shot Chris Chang, who uh, is, of course, the... uh, Uh, champion from season four of the show Top Shot, Uh, also the Go Big show. He's part of the uh, uh, Asian and Pacific American uh, Gun Owners uh, Association. He has been uh, doing a lot of work with Recoil Magazine. He uh, he's he's author of the book Shoot to Win. I mean, the guy wears so many hats, I can't even keep up with everything. Uh, Chris is going to come in and talk with us, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about the new Ninth Circuit Court case which just uh, came down um, <clears throat> came down this week and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that as well uh, and get his uh, take on it the Ninth Circuit case in California which um, uh, which it, again is just it really kind of shocking uh, quite honestly uh, because uh, generally speaking the Ninth Circuit has historically not been that um, has not been that friendly to firearms issues. Uh, but recently, uh, there have there have been some changes. Uh, I think even they are starting to realize that there are certain things that you just can't um, that you just can't uh, uh, you know you just can't flip the script on. You can't just can't allow because it is so blatantly blatantly unconstitutional. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about that this morning with Chris Chang in hour two. And then of course we will finish up the show with Willie Waffle this morning and uh, it will be, uh, uh, it will be a, a fun time there. Meanwhile, in hour one, we're going to open up the phone lines for gun Q and a, this is where we answer questions or talk about things related to guns and firearms and everything else. 
and uh, we uh, we talk with you, the listeners, to see what you have to say. So all of that is coming up, and uh, and that, and headlines, and more. So poof, look at that. It's simple. It's easy. It's all good. Let's. Uh, I guess we should just dive right in. I've already, I haven't even given the phone number. I mean, you guys wrote it down, I'm sure, but haven't even given the phone number out yet today, but uh, let's get to it, shall we? Because that's quite honestly one of my favorite parts of Firearms Friday is the uh, is the Q&A, uh, is the questions and answers with you, the discussions on the phone and everything else. Um, and so let me quickly, before I jump to the phones, let me just hit you with a few of the stories that I want to talk about today. So... <clears throat> If uh, if you remember them, we can do it. So we're going to talk about that Ninth Circuit. They just killed the ban on sales of guns to people under the age of 21 in California. Um, we also want to talk about the uh, whole ghost gun narrative that we're seeing. Uh, we're going to talk about the first lawsuit uh, against the ATF over the new ghost gun rule. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how criminals be criminals no matter what. Uh, Dana Lash is out there blasting Dr. Oz for his gun control misinformation. Um, this will be th- this will be a little bit of more political commentary on that. And uh, there's a couple other things out there, but that's really the highlight of what uh, of what I want to talk about. Oh, we might talk about the Biden administration's absolute hate for gun dealers and how much that is affecting the gun industry as well. So those are all. Those are all good. Those are all good things that we got going on. Um, all right. So let's go over to the phones. First things first here on the Pivotel call in line at 907-433-3150. We'll get started and see what's happening uh, with you. We'll start off right here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Buenos dias, Michael Brady from Las Vegas. Good morning, Brady. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my favorite gun of the week, uh, this one's coming from Russia with love, directly from Vlad. It's the 762x54R SVT40, which was going to be the gun that was going to replace the Mosin Nagant rifle, but Germany invaded Russia, and it had to be put on hold, and it was never brought to the infantry. But it's the SVT semi-automatic Tokarev 762x54R. Reach out and touch somebody with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, that, that cartridge is not a bad cartridge for sure. And the Mosin Nagant has seen enough, uh, has seen enough uh, battle over the course of the last uh, 60, 75 years. Uh, definitely a proven cartridge. And I would definitely like to see, uh, uh, definitely like to see more on the SVT-40 to get the stats on it. Because I don't think I've ever actually followed that. So I'll have to look that one up. Thank you. One quick thing on the SVT-40. I bought that gun about 20 years ago for 800 I just looked today on GunBroker. It's selling for about 4500 Wow. Well, good. Yeah, in- they went up considerably because Obama banned all the uh, r- rifles from Russia when he was in power there and actually chopped up all the M1 Grands coming back from uh, Vietnam and stuff like that, also that they had in secure uh, locations. But he stopped all the stuff coming from Russia. The guns that I used to get for 70, 80 bucks now, like the Mosin Nagants, are selling for four or 500 bucks. Right. Yeah, I remember when you could buy a crate of Nagants. It was five, five guns to a crate. And I remember you could buy a crate of five of them for, I think it was $389 or something like that. Um, and you got the wooden crate and everything. I mean, it was, it was kind of like a, it was a, a very cool deal. 
So, uh, yeah, no, they, and, yeah. and he didn't ban all imports, but he banned all new imports for new dealers and things. There are there were still people that were bringing some into the country, but it was very limited in, of course, supply and demand. The next thing you go, next thing you know, uh, again, you're like you said, the Nagants went from $80 a piece to $380 a piece. So uh, definitely right, right. One last thing. Mm. One last thing. Uh, it was Mother's Day uh, last week, and I want to wish, wish Russia – Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day from Russia. And keep up the good work, Vlad. You're getting rid of these idiots in the Ukraine. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Brady. I mean, you know, I guess that's uh, you, everybody's entitled. Everybody's entitled. Let's go over here uh, and uh, and see what uh, you guys have to say as we continue on over. We've got another call this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Mike. Jeff from Homer. You're on speed dial. I don't have to have your numbers. Oh, see, you're on. I'm on speed <laughs> dial. Okay, there you go. I don't have to announce the front numbers. Page. Open. You're right on the front page. That's right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You're All that right. important. You're still you're on. And you are. As, anyway, lo- as long as I'm number one the on California. the speed dial, I'm fine. That's that's good. <laughs> well, there's three kids up there first. Okay. All right. Know. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, the the Californian thing. One thing they're not thinking about the, the kids. You know can't have a weapon until they're 21. Well, they're not going to learn much that way. And at 18, guess what? They can go to war and they'll get trained by the military. So how stupid is that? Right. Number one. <clears throat> you know, they're not even, I mean, they're, they're of age to go to war. They should be able to have a gun as far as I'm concerned. And at 18, they're an adult. So treat them like an adult. So, right. But California, you know, land of the fruits and nuts. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, it is. They grow a lot of fruit and nuts there. I mean, that's you know. Well, I, the I mean, way, it is funny. And the way I heard it, des- the way I heard it described one time, Jeff, was it's like they took the entire country, tipped it on its end, and everything loose and flaky fell all the way to California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, too many concrete jungles is their problem. But yeah. Anyways, um, I recently this winter found a uh, beautiful. 300 wind mag. I put a new Leopold on it, and now I have four boxes of shells. Even after I lined it up, it's shooting great. Uh, so that's a great thing. And uh, you know, I just encourage people to get the guns they want, and you know, find the bullets you want. You've got to be pretty vigilant about going to the store every day to see if they got any. But you'll you'll uh, cash in eventually. Just carry cash. Yeah, just I think I paid seventy-four dollars a box for these things. Oh man, just carry <laughs> cash and a lot of it, man. I mean, what? Seventy-four dollars a box of what? A fifty? The hundred is. Yeah, that's that's uh, the hundred is the new twenty, Mike. Didn't you know that? <laughs> the hundred is the new twenty. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've got it some, is. I've got some it ammo. Is. I'm sure I've got some ammo downstairs uh, for uh, for three hundred eight and three hundred uh, uh, three hundred Win Mag. Uh, or no, 300 Weatherby that I know at the time I cringed when I paid $39 a box or something for. So I'm sure, I'm sure now that it's, it's just crazy. Oh, it is. And I paid, uh, my buddy was looking for some hot six. I got picked some of those up and cause I use that sometime. Uh, I have a hot six, but I, I use that one sometimes cause we're hunting in, in the boat, but, uh, uh, they were, just the cheaper bullets you could get, and they were still $36 a box. Yeah. But there were boxes of them there that were, you know, 50 55 I picked up some 44 Magnums that were $52 a box for 20, uh, 20 I think, a box. 
Wow. Well, pretty expensive for a pistol. Um, that's an I expensive mean, day at the I, range, two bucks a round down range. That's expensive. You know, I mean, Dirty Harry would have to get a better job to shoot the gun he shot on, yeah, on those movies. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one. Go ahead, punk. Wait a minute. I don't know. Yeah. These are pretty expensive. Go ahead, punk. <laughs> make, my, make my day. Wait, I got to check my wallet first before I make my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make my day. Give me a 20 before I shoot you. <laughs> How sad is that? Yeah. No, thank you, Biden. But anyways, uh, we're coming pretty good on the beetle kill. We're trying to get some guys working. I've got all their contracts lined up, and we're going to start on it. But it's a big project. I've been riding around town there, and I encourage the people in town that if you have beetle kill around, get a hold of the borough or myself, Marcus, Marcus, uh, uh, the forester there, and uh, Charlie's forester. Um, you can get a hold of him by contacting the borough or call my number. And we'll try to find somebody to cut your trees or get them cut and keep the fires down. Don't don't be burning out in the backyard and beetle kill. <laughs> right, right, because absolutely. That poor old town is in bad, bad shape. I've driven the whole town, uh, been around it, and it's just and it's it's just getting worse and worse, starting to fall down. So, just thought I'd throw that in there. So, All right. But anyways, you can contact me in uh, at my number in uh, any time. What's your number one more so, time, Jeff? Nine zero seven seven five six three four two two. Three four two two. You have woods equipment and you, yeah. And that's for the beetle kill. All right, all right. Well, right. Uh, you, go ahead. Final thoughts. You can uh, you can contact the borough too, right there in their office, and they they're very aware of it, and, and they're on it. So uh, we're going to do the best we can, trying to get fire protection for the town, more helicopters and fire suppression planes, and all that. So. They're doing everything they can, but everybody needs to work together on it and, and just stay safe over there. I mean, it's the Kenai River. We need to protect it in that town. Absolutely. So, All and, right. And so done. So. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you uh, Appreciate you calling in this morning and being part of it. Uh, thank you so much. That lays four lines open on the Pivotel call-in line at 433-3150, 433-3150. I'd love to hear from you. Any questions? Um, any commentary on firearms and guns, any thoughts on, uh, you know, or questions. Again, the whole point of gun Q&A was to try and uh, help people who were gun curious to demystify the firearm. That's really the whole point of Firearms Friday to begin with is to answer as many questions as we can and try to counter counteract some of the media narrative and other things that we've seen out there. So feel free to give us, to give us a ring. D- dial us up. Dial us up. Hit us up with it. 433-3150. Uh, we're going to go to break, but we got four lines open right now. If you'd like to be part of it, feel free to uh, let your voice be heard, my friends. Plus, we got these stories we're going to get into. And um, then we got Chris Chang coming up an hour, too. So we're looking forward to that. All right? Don't go anywhere. Back with more Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking gun radio. It is Firearms Friday. Right here on The Michael Duke Show. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. 
streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Oh, man. It is Friday. Good morning, Laskins. It's Friday. Stand by for news. Um, <laughs> can we talk about guns and the PFD at the same time? <laughs> yes, we can. We can talk about PFDs at the same time. Um, all right. Granola is delicious. Yes, granola is delicious. Not the California granola type, though. I just know that stuff just gets stuck in my teeth. Um, another fast week. Nice rain. Well, well, what, Bill? Well, is that is that Vietnamese? Well, me to tears. Um, Alec Baldwin didn't pull the trigger and Epstein killed himself. (laughs) Good morning, folks. Good morning, Mark. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There are still Nagants. Yes, there are still Nagants out there. But literally, I mean, you know, and I, 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 I'm a fan of some of the Russian uh, firearms. I mean, I, I've made no bones about it that the that that I love some of the designs from the AKs just for its simplicity and its ruggedness and everything else. Um, and I had thought at one point that um, um, I thought at one point that I would uh, like to get uh, some Nagants, but at the time I just couldn't justify it. I was going to buy a case of them, um, and. Uh, because again, they were like three hundred and eighty bucks for five of them. Uh, but yeah, you could still get them, but their price has quadrupled in the last uh, in the last uh, half a dozen years or so. Uh, but they are still available. You can still get them, and they're still a decent rifle. Um, <clears throat> all right. I thought Brady is from Las Vegas. He is from Vegas. He is from Vegas. Um, but this show on Fridays has gone national. I just I, we get callers from all over the country, so it's good to see it. You could see that Alaskans for posteri- for posterity have reemerged. Yeah, they reemerged again. Probably one of the most disingenuously dishonest groups out there. Alaskans for posterity. Did you say Alaskans for prosperity? No, I said Alaskans for posterity. Is there a difference? Oh yes, there's a big difference out there. <laughs> California oh man Daniel's got a hot take this morning California granola is trash just like Vermont maple syrup is trash real maple syrup comes from New York and Maine Oof. oh man them's fighting words for some people from Vermont <laughs> you want to be careful about that <laughs> and Gordon out on YouTube says I like Ezekiel grain cereal <clears throat> hey I'm not here to judge Gordon I am not here to judge, you know. Um, MD, you have enough kids to justify a box of Nagants. Well, I'm not saying that I didn't. I mean, well, let's just say, uh, uh, you know, when you could buy SKS rifles to, let's just say it's uh, platoon strength, okay? Platoon strength on the SKSs. And what I love about that, it's all the, again, remember, we talked about this commonality of ammunition and things like that, multiple firearms shooting the same ammo and everything else. You know, one of my favorite rifles is uh, is the AK, or specifically the, UK, the M70 Yugo Underfolder. That's one of my favorite rifles. 
which happens to shoot 762 by 39 Russian, right? The same AK round. And one of SKS's shoot, the same AK round. Um, and uh, I did happen to get quite a deal on some SKS's. So no worries about the kids being armed. No worries about it. Uh, you got, again, platoon strength, platoon strength SKS brigade. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the Nagant uh, good, is, a good, is a good long ranger, but uh, uh, I invested in something that was a little more modern and had a little bit uh, better commonality of ammo. All right. Um, what else? I think that covers pretty much everything. I read in a gun show a fellow complaining that a box of 2520 WFC was $100 a box. People said reload. Thing was only one source of new lathe turn brass. <laughs> $104 for 20 cases? Oof. Oof, man. All right. Well, we're going to jump back into it. That means it's time to get back to it. Let's uh, jump in. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Let's continue on. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. All right, hour one of the Michael Duke Show continues. It is uh, for TGIFFFF, the Fantastically Finally Firearms Friday. Thank you for coming on board and uh, being part of it. Uh, we're continuing on. We've got some stories that we're going to dive into of a Second Amendment nature, including the latest from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in California. Well, it's the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in the district that covers California over the California firearms ban to anybody under the age of 21. That is a good piece. Um, we just, oh, I just had somebody on hold and now, and they disappeared. I don't know what happened. That's fine. Uh, we got somebody new now. All right. So phone lines are open for gun Q and a, as I said earlier, it is one of my favorite things to do is to have a discussion with, uh, a bunch of you listeners to talk about these things uh, on anything that we want to chat about related to firearms and guns. And the phone lines are open at 433-3150, powered by our friends over there at Pivotel and SatelliteWest.com. Let's go um, Let's go to the phones and see what you guys have to say there. I mean, let's, let's, why, why wait? Let's go right there. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Zootorn Rollo calling from the Midwest. Hello, sir. What's on your mind? Welcome to the program. Uh, you know, I've shot a few guns a few times. It's just not really part of my life, you know? Sure. You know, I, there's other things that are more important to me than, I mean, you know, they got tools. I do gardening, you know, so there's guns a tool, right? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Similar to other tools, like, you know, you got your hatchet, right? You can cut steaks with that you know you can cut wood uh you know you got your uh, hammer you know you can hammer nails you can hammer down you know posts and things like that so there's multiple tools for multiple practical uses the sure. gun has one use and that's to kill well the gun has a use to kill it. game it can kill game and help you gather uh hunt and gather it could also help protect you from right. yeah. others and so there's multiple uses you can hunt it is it. a it is a tool like any well, other I'm sorry, go ahead. It is a tool like any other, you were saying? 
Yeah, I was saying it's a tool like any other, but it's it's used for one purpose, whether it's, you know, animals or people. It's, it kills. That's it. Sure. I mean, that's, again, it has it has its position just like a saw cuts. A gun can kill. It can also deter without even being fired, which is another plus to it. Deter from what? Who, who is it? Deter Who's from crime. To get you? It can deter from crime uh, just by the mere presence of a firearm. Uh, the latest uh, defensive use of guns uh, study that just came out here recently shows 2.4 million times a year firearms stopped the commission of a crime most of the times without ever being fired. So, I mean, it's it's a deterrent. Okay. It's not just a tool that can be used. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's a tool, but it doesn't have to be used. Its presence can be a deterrent as well. So its presence implies you're going to get killed. Or it kills. I mean, that's so it's got two uses either. Sure. Well, if if somebody has made a decision to break societal norms and to commit a crime against you, uh, I would much rather have it. And uh, even if I had to use it, preferably not having to use it, preferably I'm being able to get away and run away. But if the presence of the firearm deterred them from committing the crime, violent or not, then I would consider that a win, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I, I never really get into those situations. I mean, I, you know, I guess if you want to look for trouble, you can find it, but I, I prefer not to. Sure. Let me ask you a question. Do you have uh, smoke detectors and fire, uh, and fire extinguishers in your house? Yeah. And those, uh, help, uh, in case of an emergency. Yeah. Sure. And, and sure. the chance of a fire starting in a house is a lot more, uh, those, those chances are, the probabilities are much more higher than um, someone actually breaking into your house. I mean, it's the chances of, of that happening are close to dying in a well, auto, uh, plane crash, virtually well, non-existent. Statistically, statistically, you're right. You're more likely to have your house burned down uh, than you are to be assaulted or killed. Uh, you know, or well, I mean, uh, killed by a firearm. Assaulted? No, I mean assaults. Uh, assaults happen at a frequency that's probably near to what happens with your fire. But again, just because it's a very low possibility doesn't mean that you don't check your smoke detector batteries and make sure your fire extinguishers are charged every year. It's the same. Pro- it's the same premise. It's exactly the same idea. The potential for it to happen is there. And so some people want to worry. And if you don't, that's fine. If you're not, if you don't like guns or don't, that it's really not your thing, that's awesome. That's, I mean, I fully support that. Oh, they're fun. No, I I enjoy them a lot. My my friend's got some because he was uh, ex-military and we go out and we shoot them, you know. It's a blast. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good marksman, too. Well, and that's and that's great. You know, I love that. And I'm happy that there are people out there that, you know, are like kind of, you know, they're they're not pro gun. They're not anti gun. And I think, again, you're right. It's a tool like any other. We shouldn't depend on it. We shouldn't immediately pin the badge to our chest that we're some, you know, we're some big, hairy beat our chest. We can do anything we want and we're going to intimidate you. We shouldn't do any of that. It should be just like, again, the smoke detector or the fire extinguisher. We have it just in case something happens on the smallest possibility that something happens. That's why many of us uh, have that, whether we carry it daily or whether we just have it in our homes. That's what it's there for, just in case. I was reading, uh, you mentioned statistics, and so I, I did a little digging. Harvard University uh, School of Public Health released a, uh, a gun-related uh, research uh, paper 
and their conclusions are 84% of the uh, of scientists polled said having a gun in the home increases the risk of suicide. Um, how what, what year was this study from? 2015. Yeah. Yeah, there were, there's been some there's been a lot of studies and especially since COVID came out that was another one that just uh, uh, that that uh, that where you've seen an increase in that. There's a brand new one, some recent numbers that just came out here uh, lately talking about how suicide yeah. was the 10th overall leading cause of death in the US in 2020. And for the first time yeah, yeah, the first time it was actually in the top 10 causes of death. And uh, of those deaths, 24,292 of the 45, almost 46,000 deaths involved guns. And so there is an issue, obviously, with suicide in the U.S. The interesting stat on that is that the other half were still committed by something else, whether it was pills or poison or drowning themselves or hanging themselves or, you know, smoking themselves out in their garage with their car or whatever else. It, you know, it shows that while guns are obviously the first choice because usually it's quick and you know it's it's effective that people were still killing themselves this is a deeper issue we need to be looking at the mental health aspects of it i mean for example japan japan has one of the highest suicide rates of the you know civilized uh you know not western nations because it's obviously an eastern but of the civilized world they have one of the highest suicide rates and they have a total ban on firearms over there, and yet their suicide rate per capita is much higher than most of the Western world. Um, so people will find a way to do those kind of things. We need to find a way to talk to people about those things. Um, I mean, guns are involved for sure in America, but again, half of the suicides involve no firearm whatsoever. So we've got a deeper issue than just the firearm at that point. This, uh, this study also uh, concluded that uh Guns in the home increases the risk that a woman living in that home will be a victim of a homicide and that a gun in the home makes it more dangerous place rather than a safer place. And I think if you look at the way that those uh, questions are framed in that, because Dr. John Lott's been on the program and he's talked about uh, a study from Harvard Business and there was another study from Stanford that had similar questions. If I remember, it was from Stanford or maybe it was UCLA. Um, and they had similar questions, and he talked about how some of those questions are uh, – it was the methodology of the misleadingness of the question. I mean, obviously, if there's a gun in a home, oh. there's a higher risk in some form of somebody being hurt you know, at that point. But that would be like saying if you had swords in the home, there would be a higher risk as well. So just like anything, as you said earlier, it is a tool – you have to have people that are properly trained and, uh, and you know, get they take the responsibility not just for owning the firearm but for getting the training, proper training, so they don't hurt themselves or others. So, you're, you know, you're right. There is some kind of yeah. statistical increase in that. So, but, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you calling in yeah, and sharing your thoughts with us today. Yeah, sure. Thank you for, uh, thank you for being part of yeah. it. Good, thoughtful conversation. I like that. Um, all right, 433-3150, If you would like to call in, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, David in the chat room just said, nice to have a good dialogue with a non-gun enthusiast caller. Spices things up. I mean, I agree. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a non-gun. I mean, he enjoyed shooting. He just, you know, was it's not his thing. And and he had, you know, some points to make. And I, I appreciate that. I like a good rational conversation. 
I think that there is some. Uh, I think that there is some good. Uh, Good things to be found in uh, in those conversations and in having conversations with people that uh, may not share your point of view. I mean, that's the point of free speech, right? You know, for the point of free speech is speech you don't agree with. You, it's just there's more speech. That's that's the answer to speech you don't agree with. It's not to it's not to silence everybody. It's not to it's to have a conversation, right? I mean that that's the whole thing to have a conversation. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, that was one of the stories. This is one of the stories I was going to get to was talking about suicide in America. I mean, again, um, again, suicide is now the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. in 2020. Of course, we know a lot of that had to do with the shut-ins and everything else, um, um, you know, those kind of things. But the biggest thing was is that even with half of these suicides involving firearms, you still have 25, 23,000 people who killed themselves in some other way. And that leads me to believe that while firearms are contributing to the ease of what's happening, making it easier, these people are still finding ways to end their own lives. And as I pointed out in Japan, where the suicide rate is, I mean, comparatively, is huge, they have no firearms at all. They've got no problem dropping, you know, jumping in front of a train or jumping off a building or drinking poison or hanging themselves or doing whatever. So what we have is a deeper issue here. Firearms are not the cause. It's not causality. The firearms are not the cause. They are just the method by which these people have been doing it for quite a long time. Um, but, of course, this is this is part of the conversation. The, the disingenuous part of this is when anti-gun folks continue to talk about gun violence and gun death, and they include those additional 45 or 50 or 60,000 people who killed themselves in those statistics for gun violence or gun, you know, because the implication is that gun violence or gun death is bad people doing bad things. And instead, if you've got two-thirds of them, and that's roughly what it's been, is about two-thirds of the numbers of the people who killed themselves, excuse me, two-thirds of the numbers, uh, overall numbers of gun deaths, gun violence, over two-thirds of them are suicides, then that's a, that's a, that's a thing right there. All right. Um, well, we're up against the break, uh, and we've still got phone lines open. So if you'd like to sound off, 433-3150-907-433-3150. We're going to continue our discussions and more. We've got some headlines and stuff coming up. So we'll be back with more. Firearms save more lives than they take, says Carbon over on Twitch. And that's exactly right. I mean, that's what we were talking about with defensive gun use. DGUs, defensive gun use. If you have, again, 19,000 homicides with firearms in the U.S. and you have defensive gun uses, the lowest, the lowest number that came out of all the studies that came out of this defensive gun use over the last 15 years was over 90,000 instances a year. That was a Harvard study as well. 90,000 instances a year of defensive gun use. The highest... Gleck and Company did their study, an average of two and a half to three million times a year, DGU. So firearms save more lives in the long run than they take, for sure. All right, we're going to be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Um, thank you for uh, coming on board and joining us. Uh, thank you for the comment uh, in, on Twitch as well, Carbon. Uh, everybody else is over on uh, Facebook and YouTube as well. Uh, Ren says, I don't know the fact checkers would probably disagree and argue that shut-ins are causing a higher rate of suicide. I don't know, would probably disagree. I mean, I well, I think, you know, again, the, there was many, many issues, but we did see the suicide rate skyrocket in 2020. I think a lot of it had to do with, again, the COVID, the shutdowns, being shut in and restricted. And, and there's a lot of angst. The, the, teen, uh, the teen rate of suicide uh, went up tremendously as they shattered a lot of the, you know, schedules and norms of a lot of the high schoolers and everything else. I mean, it was a tough year. 2020, 2021, tough years, I think, for that kind of stuff. Daniel says, um, it all, uh, always worries me when people put Japanese labor practices on a pedestal. Those people live a life of anxiety and stress we can't – I mean, no, I know. The Japanese, the, the, the ethos, the work ethos and just the whole societal, cultural thing is so different in Japan than it is in the West – and you're right. I mean, I think that's one of the, bad, the the largest contributing factors to what's going on with their suicide rate and everything else. It's pretty crazy. Um, uh, I don't use Facebook, but just personal preference. I just so happened to see your channel while I was browsing first time. Well, welcome, Carbon. Carbonated Water. That was Carbonated Water for the Wind. That's his name uh, on uh, Twitch. Welcome, Carbonated. Thank you for coming on board. And uh, we hope you enjoy whatever we can bring to you on this fabulous Firearms Friday. Uh, we got one line on hold. Uh, we're in the commercial break right now. We're going to go over to the uh, phones and get the caller's name and where they're calling from so that we can get them set up for the return to radio. Good morning, sir, and or and or madam. Uh, who's this and where are you calling from? Yes, yeah, Ray from North Pole. Hello, Mr. Ray. You hold the line and you will be first up in the queue uh, when we return to the uh, when we turn to the air. So hold on. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh uh, let's see. People who want to oh, people who want to go. People who want to people who want to die will figure it out. Sorry, the autocorrect on some of these guys. Some of your phones are just killing me on the autocorrect. People who want to die will figure it out. Once the book Final Exit came out, suicides rose because desperate people then had a manifesto. I mean, you know, people are 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 going to do self that happens it just happens we should find ways to prevent it and to mitigate it as much as we can but to blame one single it's too easy to try and blame one single what's the gun or it's the this or it's the that i think that there's a lot of problems with it and i think the stigmatization of mental health issues in america probably didn't help uh this at all i i would say that that's probably the big thing uh quick thank you to md that would be me, for pointing me to Arctic Ammo. They fixed up my dad, grandfather's old 22, and passed one to each of my boys this past Christmas. They also hooked me and two girlfriends up with a class to work with our new handguns. You are welcome, my dear. The folks at Arctic Ammo and Reloading are pretty phenomenal. They are good, good folks. I love them over there. Um, did you see that Randy Weaver passed? I did not see that Randy Weaver passed away. Thank you for the heads up on that. 
Sun's out, guns out yesterday. <laughs> All right. Um, we got a second line on hold. Ray is on hold first. So let's go over to the second caller and see uh, where they're calling from and who they are. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? My name's Sarah Terry. I'm calling from Kodiak. Okay, Terry, would you hold on the line, please, here, and I'll be right back to you. You will be number two in the queue. Uh, I've got one call ahead of you. We're going to return to the radio here in just about a minute and a half, and then I will take your call, okay? So don't go anywhere. Uh, you will be number two as we get up there. Um, can't find Siggies. You buy components and roll your own, say with ammunition. If you can find the component, I mean, I've seen that argument. Well, ammo's so expensive, you should just reload. My God, have you tried to source out a good number of primers or any kind of powder? Uh, if you just want any old powder, you probably, you know, you might be able to get some. But if you got, you know, your own specific formula that you're baking up, um, it's hard. It's hard. Components are hard uh, lately. I mean, lately as in the last four years, <clears throat> components are just as hard as it is everywhere else. Uh, so yeah, I mean, while ambo, while uh, reloading used to be the big answer, um, uh, you know, like oh, if you can't get it, you just get, you just reload your own. Well, that's great, except for if you can't get the pieces and parts, what do you do then? It's uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, let's see here. Um. Go to Eastman's page and see what he posted on the PFD. Was that the press release from uh, day before yesterday that he and Kirk had put out that said that they wouldn't vote for the budget? Is that uh, is that what you're talking about? Um, time to hit the junkyard and start grabbing wheel weights by the pound, says Carbonated. Well, yeah, I mean, great. You got, you got bullets and everything, but you got to have powder and primer and brass to put them in. That's, you know, it's all part and parcel of all that stuff. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All righty. All righty then. You ready to jump into this? Let's uh, start off with our phone calls here. It is gun Q&A all day. We've been hearing from folks across the state and across the country. Uh, we'll start off with Ray, who's up in North Pole in the interior. Ray, what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Hey, that soldier down there in Anchorage, uh, he wasn't armed. He didn't have a grenade in his pocket or a bowie knife or... <laughs> What's the skinny on that? I haven't heard. Well, I'm assuming he didn't have a grenade because that's probably not something they let you wander around with. Uh, my assumption, it was some kind of exercise. Um, there was no word on whether he was armed or not, although it was reported in the initial uh, in the initial reporting on it that they were that they were that the troopers and the fish and wildlife troopers were searching for the bear. So I'm assuming that they were able to drive it off, but it, I would I don't think that they had any weapons. I don't think that they had any firearms. Uh, maybe the MPs were there or whatever, but it was an exercise. And, um, again, kind of problematic uh, why anyone would want to go into the Alaska wilderness uh, unarmed. I mean, it, you're in the Army. You kind of don't have a choice. But why anybody would want to send people into the wilderness unarmed in spring right as the bears come around and are getting out of hibernation, I don't know. But 
My assumption is is that no, he wasn't armed, and that probably nobody around him was armed because the bear is they're still looking for that specific bear. So they didn't shoot it on the spot. Yeah, he's yeah, he's probably sleeping off lunch. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I, I don't know if he got much, but this poor soldier, I mean, what a what a hell of a way to uh, to to you know you're pretty close to civilization when you're just west of the landfill, and uh, with on a you know on a military training ground you're pretty close to uh, you know to civilization and and uh, and everything else. It's a hell of a way to go, and my heart goes out to him and his family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't go fifty feet in the woods without a gun. No, not not in Alaska. Alaska will kill you. Uh, as has been proven many, many times. Uh, I mean, just in the last couple months, we've had, you know, climbers, hikers, now bear mauling. Uh, we've seen it happen time and time and time again. So definitely a problem. Yeah, well, they're soldiers that had to be armed. I mean, that if, if hey, if I was in charge, that's the way it would be. But uh, unfortunately, that's not uh, that's not how they look at it. So. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Ray, for coming on board and sharing with us this morning. Uh, we'll let you go. Thank you for having for calling in on Firearms Friday. Uh, somebody in the chat room just said on YouTube just said the way out is LarkinRose.com. I love me some Larkin Rose, by the way. If you don't know who Larkin Rose is, you probably should go check it out. LarkinRose.com. Uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the probably the mo- one of the most well known libertarian. Uh, thought uh, thought folks uh, of our time. Let's go over to Terry, who's in Kodiak. Uh, we'd like to see what she has to say. Terry, thanks for holding. What's on your mind this morning? Uh, good morning. Uh, thanks for your show. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I just uh, want to say uh, I've been following this uh, 2A uh, thing that's going on. Um, and I uh, really was hoping that I could understand why uh County sheriffs in the lower 48, when they're conservative, they're able to stop uh, the 2A violations of our constitutional rights. Um, you're, you're talking about when a federal agent. Yeah, you you're know, you're comes talking around. right, Terry. You're talking about the 2A sanctuary situation where counties and county sheriffs have basically told the federal government that they won't enforce federal laws inside their counties. Right, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and and I I'm just uh, puzzled. Uh, there's according to what I've heard, I can't confirm it or whether it's true or not. But there's only one other state besides Alaska that uh, has boroughs instead of uh, right. counties, and it's New York. Right. So it kind of uh, nails well, home the uh, <laughs> point that maybe maybe boroughs aren't such a great idea. You can't have any borough sheriff there's no such thing that i've ever heard of right uh, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure all that out uh, well it's a constitutional yeah it's a constitutional issue terry and i've actually i've actually done some study on this and had some conversations with uh with uh vic fisher one of the framer of the constitutions over this specific issue um, directly, uh, that we don't, we didn't have counties, that we have boroughs instead. And that was actually intentional. It's a constitutional issue. The framers of the Constitution of, of the state of Alaska made that decision. There was discussions on whether they should have counties or parishes or boroughs. 
Um, and although they all sound like they do kind of the same thing, each one has a little bit of a different thing. Um, they did not want to have counties because they did not want to have, I think that they what they were afraid of was that they were afraid of more government overreach and levels of bureaucracy was kind of the impl- you know the implication of it. Um, and they wanted uh, you know they wanted the, the the people to be more in charge of what was going on. Second class boroughs actually have pretty weak um, and limited effect and control over the people in their areas. Counties actually have a lot more power. And so that was one of the reasons why they had done that. Um, and yeah, we would have to fundamentally change um, a lot of things in the Constitution to be able to have counties uh, or, you know, kind of a county sheriff, um, as it were, um, uh, to be able to do that. And I mean, there's pros and cons to it. As you say, we don't have a, a borough sheriff who can say no and create a two-way sanctuary, but we can do that at the state level if we decide to do that. And uh, and I think that's something that we should. Yeah, uh, I, I was also uh, wondering, um, I was a commercial fisher in uh, Kodiak for almost two decades, and I have... Uh, some arthritis in my hands too, and I um, wondering uh, if there are any recommendations people can come up with for people that, that have some damage in their thumbs and wrists and fingers for sure. a firearm. <laughs> I, I just want something for personal protection. Um, I, I, I would prefer, you know, a, a long barrel forty-four mag in case I run into a, a bear, but uh, that's probably not real yeah. practical. Not real practical um, if you for, got for yeah. my hands. Yeah, if you've got bad so, hands, uh, probably hoping. yeah, probably not real practical. There are several uh, firearms that are made by uh, companies, including Smith and Wesson, and uh, I think Springfield makes one as well that are uh, easier to rack the slide, easier to charge for for uh, they're made they're marketed more towards women who have probably less hand strength to begin with and the recoil can be less on them as well um, there are several different models uh, of firearm that uh, do that I recommend going down to your local gun store your local gun dealer and talk to them about that and uh, see what they have in the case um, you know you would be fine probably with something along the lines for personal protection of a nine millimeter uh, with the least recoil possible and if you can get one of those pistols that's specifically designed designed for uh for women that would probably be the best bet terry thank you for your call i appreciate it let's go over here to our final call for the uh for the hour good morning who's this where are you calling from good morning michael this is ron in north pole hello Very quickly two comments yes sir uh i would uh point out that the uh in your mention of that uh ninth circuit uh decision that uh the left in general tends to move incrementally and I think perhaps they've crossed that point with the court and now you're getting some uh, shall we say recoil effect. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is the corrective effect. This is the corrective era where now we're going to fix some of that stuff, right? That's 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 it. And I would, uh, I would also uh, in uh, conjunction with that uh, bear mauling, uh, there was, there's an old saying when we were in the service, the right way, the wrong way, and the Army way. And uh, I would suggest that sometimes two of those three are the same. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
<laughs> that that is probably a hundred percent true, my friend. A hundred percent true. I mean, this is the whole era. Have of, a great day. Remember, remember when the military? Remember when they ran that when the Marine Corps barracks in 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 Beirut got bombed, and it turned out later that they had given the Marines uh, ARs the, the the guard on guard duty, but no ammo because they didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. We're going to put you in the Alaska wilderness and have you poke around with, but nobody's armed. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough deal. Build me a bridge without any rivets. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks uh, for the call. Have a great day, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate you calling in. Folks, we are up against the clock. That's right. It is time. Hour two is dead ahead. I am going to get to this Ninth Circuit story, I promise, Uh, coming up in hour two. And Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, season four, up next on The Michael Duke Show. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, the lowest caliber with enough stopping power for a bear while still being reasonably recoil is a 40, I'd say is a 40 caliber Smith and Wesson says, uh, carbonated. Um, I mean, I've seen bears killed with nine millimeters. You're right. Um, probably the, I uh, probably 357 would be the lowest, uh, but again, if you've got arthritis in your hands, you know, if it was me, <clears throat> this is just me one man's humble opinion if it was just me i would probably uh, i would probably get a 357 magnum and i would practice with 38s that's what i would do i would practice with nothing but 38 rounds and then when you did go out into the woods and if you're worried about a bear well then you carry the 357 the hot loads you know because in the moment with the adrenaline pumping and everything else it probably won't matter. You probably won't feel a thing at that point. Uh, I guess the same thing could be said if you had a 44 and you had 44 Magnum rounds or you had 44, uh, you know, 44 lights. I mean, you could do any of those things, but the 357 would probably be as low as I would go uh, for something like that. 40 Smith and Western is, while a great caliber, it does have some bright recoil. I mean, it has some bright, bright uh, recoil. Um, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Let me send. I'm sending a text to Chris Chang. Um, um, uh, uh, to uh, break. Uh, right. And yeah. Um. Uh, after. And I don't want. I can't talk and type at the same time. I mean, I can't talk about something else and type uh, at the same time. It just. Uh, it is it's it's hard it's maths are hard that's what i'm trying to say to you maths are are hard uh all right uh yeah i gotta drop my number in here uh okay all right let me go over to the chat room and see what you guys are doing uh we're on unified chat so we i can see the chat rooms for facebook youtube and twitch all at the same time uh, Captain Super Raids. Captain Super Raids uh, joins us. Former military here. There's a term called threat condition, which is instituted by command. If the threat condition is too low, ammo is not issued. Strange fact. Yeah, I mean, I it, you know, th- there are definitely political and other considerations um, out there as well. You know, I just think it's interesting, Captain, that um, we live in Alaska. Obviously, Alaska is not like many other states. Um, Alaska will kill you. 
there's just, I mean, again, in the last week, I can name two instances where Alaska has killed people, not only the soldier who got killed just outside the base, uh, you know, in a training area, uh, the hiker who was up on McKinley got the first, the first death on McKinley uh, or Denali this this uh, last week as well. I mean, Alaska is a, a dangerous place. It is it is what it is. Um, but putting people out in harm's way with no way to protect themselves. Now, maybe they had bear spray. Maybe they didn't. The story is, is what I'm hearing is that uh, he and his partner, the man who was killed and the other guy that was wounded, came up on a bear den and it was a cow, it was a sow and a cub. And I mean, at that point, with a sow and a cub, you've got almost no chance because they get so vicious about it. But um, we'll have to see what uh, what goes on. Um, inside the mind of Dukes. That's all. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Hit the like button, guys, says someone on YouTube. Thank you. Captain's on Twitch. Uh, ben Alden uh, on Twitch. How, good morning. Thanks for coming on board. Um, John on YouTube says, unfortunately, the only time soldiers have live ammunition while on duty is during live fire ranges or during deployment. Yeah, I know. Uh, which makes you wonder why command didn't listen to logistics for this time of year, eh, says Carbonated. You know, it, look, and I understand in this day and age, let's face it, the the military is not the military of the pre-World War II era. You know, you just didn't see soldiers walking around with, you know, 45s on their hips uh, all the time and everything else. But if you are in a lot, you think you would have at least a dedicated patrol or a dedicated, you know, on every squad or something, you'd have one person that had a, was de- had a dedicated, you know, Firearm protection or well, bear protection, maybe firearm protection, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a tragedy. It's sad. Again, remember, Alaska will kill you. That's the bottom line. It will kill you. Uh, Captain says uh, on Twitter says it's going to look awful for the CEO of the command, which is likely going to cause a response. Generally, the only way to get them to address their behavior. Yes, you're right. It's just tragic that somebody had to lose their lives for them to do it. The CEO is responsible for the safety of his uh, of his soldiers, and if he did not provide enough Overwatch cover protection, whatever you want to call it, definitely uh, going to be a problem. Um. Questions for Chris. His thoughts on laser training systems for dry fire. I'll ask him about it. I will ask him about it. Um, Let me go back over to, uh, I've got the YouTube window up on its own. Because for some reason, the unified chat window does not show the the replies in, um, the replies in, on Facebook. Uh, Okay. Went to school with the Army guys. Reacting. Re. Recac, oh, uh, recalling, man, autocorrect. Went to school with army guys recalling how in 1970s and 1990s on maneuvers would bury ammo to lighten their packs. One related burying two belts of 7.62 in West Germany. Oh, they would just, they, <laughs> that's short-sighted. Hey, we're going to go on a forced march here and this is a training exercise and you got your full loadout with all your ammo. Let's bury all the ammo. It's a lot lighter now. Oof, man, that's kind of self-defeating, isn't it? Um, live ammunition controlled, uh, live ammunition, very controlled in the military to prevent accidents. Um, and Daniel said in reply to the story about burying ammo, he said, that's why we have a certain, re- that's why we have to return a certain percentage of brass after exercises to prevent waste. 
All right. Well, hey, we're going to jump back into it. Here we go. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be Firearms from my cold dead hands. Friday. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Uh, it's the one day a week. I mean, all the other days of the week, we talk about Alaska, politics, local news, things like that. But on Fridays, it's all about firearms, baby. That's what we do each and every Friday right here on the program. Coming up on this hour in about, um, oh, I don't know, 13, 14 minutes, we're going to be joined by Chris Chang, Top Shot champion from season four of the show Ch- uh, Top Shot, author of the book Shoot to Win, uh, also from the Go Big show. He's now a part of the uh, Asian Amer- uh, Asian Pacific Islanders uh, fire uh, uh, owners. Uh, I can't even know. It's the uh, basically the firearms owners group for uh, Asians and Pacific Islanders uh, here in America. Uh, he's got uh, he's got a head start on that. Working on it. We're going to talk to him about the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decision, which we're going to get into here in just a second, and more. Welcome to Firearms Friday, and thanks for coming in. Um, all right. Uh, we just did like a full hour of phone calls here for gun Q&A, and we will still do some here in this segment if uh, we have time. But I do want to get to this story because I've been teasing it all last hour. The uh, you know, here in the United States, generally, those who are between the ages of 18 and 20 are treated in many ways as lawful adults. According to the law, they're lawful adults. I mean, if you get if you commit a crime at the age of 18 to 20, you are tried as an adult. You can be drafted. You can be enlisted. You have to file for selective service. I mean, there's all these other things that they treat you on. But it's interesting that you can't buy a firearm in some places. Uh, in fact, In some places, you can't buy any. Some places you can buy rifles, but you can't buy pistols until you're 20 or 21. Uh, But in California, you couldn't buy anything. So California has restricted the sale of most of the firearms to under the age of 21. And it was uh, a court case was brought forward. Um, challenging the ban on long guns and semi-automatic centerfire rifles under the auspices of the Second Amendment. The district court 
declined to issue a preliminary injunction, and that was then passed up into the Ninth Circuit Court, uh, who has now made the decision that the lower courts erred in their decision to enjoin young people from being able to purchase long guns, uh, specifically semi-automatic centerfire rifles. The court, uh, the decision from the court uh, says, in part, first, the Second Amendment protects the right of young adults to keep and bear arms, which includes the right to purchase them. The district court reasoned otherwise and held that the law did not burden the Second Amendment rights at all. This was a legal error. Secondly, the district court properly applied intermediate scrutiny to the long gun hunting license regulation. Intermediate, the difference between intermediate and strict scrutiny is uh, depending on whether or not it's a fundamental right or not, and it's a, it's a higher bar, so to speak. Intermediate is the, obviously the middle bar. Strict is the highest bar. Uh, the district court uh, properly applied intermediate scrutiny to the long gun hunting license regulation and did not abuse its discretion in finding it likely to survive. But third, the district erred by applying intermediate scrutiny rather than strict scrutiny to the semi-automatic centerfire rifle ban. Even under in- intermediate scrutiny, this ban likely violates the Second Amendment because it fails the reasonable fit test. Finally, the district court also abused its discretion in finding that plaintiffs would not likely be irreparably harmed. We thus affirm that the district court's denial of an injunction as to the long gun regulation uh, reverse its denial of the injunction as to the semi-automatic centerfire rifle ban and remand for further proceedings. Now, this is interesting because the Ninth Circuit just found on in the favor of the Second Amendment And Judge Robert Benitez wasn't the only person hearing the case. This is a three-judge panel. Now, it's probably going to be appealed to the what they call the en banc panel, which means I think that then they have, I think, 18 judges sit in front of it, 18 judges from the circuit sit in front of it. But this is a big deal. And this this is, again, coming on the heels of other Second Amendment cases coming out of the Ninth Circuit, which normally is very... Well, it's anti-gun. I mean, it's a very liberal court. The ni- we call it the Ninth Circuit Court of a- the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals for a reason, right? Because that's that's. I mean, there's a reason why you call it the Ninth Circus. But this is the second or third case in the last ten months that has come forward in regards to Second Amendment laws where the Ninth Circuit has overturned and and uh, and basically smacked California down. Um, Ron, right before we went to the break, Ron from North Pole called and said, maybe the pendulum is swinging and maybe, maybe they pushed it just a little bit too far. Now it'll, we'll have to wait to see what happens on the on bonk panel, but this is a tremendous, I think a tremendous win for California and, uh, and for those folks there, I've always found it odd that you could, um, I always found it odd that you could be drafted into the military, that you were required by federal law to sign up for selective service, that you could be charged as an adult and do all these other things at the age of 18, but you could not legally defend your, you could not purchase a firearm to defend yourself. You could be gifted a gun by your parents. I mean, there were some, there were some legal loopholes in it, but the bottom line is, is that if you were out 18 years old, living on your own, you couldn't go buy a, a firearm to defend yourself. I found that, especially as a student of history and understanding that, 
you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, if you were 18, chances are that you had already been married for a couple of years and you were raising a family and doing everything and you were you were dependent on to do um you know you were a, you were an adult you were an adult this coddling this whole idea this, this the concept of teenagers has just totally destroyed our society in so many ways i mean teen that's a new invention for those of you who don't know the idea of teenagers is a totally new 20th century invention before you were just adults you'd reach a certain age of majority and you were an adult now <clears throat> i'm not saying that we need to be marrying off our 13 and 14 year old daughters to you know 14 and 15 year old guys but that's i mean for the longest time that was kind of life and now we've kind of coddled a lot of these kids still we've still got 25 year olds living in mom's basement because they can't go out and get their stuff done uh, we've infantilized a lot of our children, unfortunately, but it, it's, but this, this is always stuck in my craw. This idea that if you were a responsible adult and able to be held liable for your actions at the age of 18, then you should be able to be able to, uh, um, you know, defend yourself and do that. So again, um, California could just accept this ruling and call it a day, but Washington state is having to face the possibility that their own law in this regards will be overturned as well. So probably an en banc review is about to happen. So we're going to see what's going on. The bottom line is, is if there is an en banc review and it gets overturned, somebody could take this to the Supreme Court. And, of course, we're still waiting for the um, New York um, the New York case in the Supreme Court over the shall issue. Um, uh, that's supposed to, the decision on that's supposed to be coming out next month. So we're gonna be we're gonna be looking forward to that uh, as well. So some good news, I think, on the Second Amendment front in the legal. And again, the, the fact that the Ninth Circus did this, good, good, goodness, goodness. Uh, I think somebody in the chat room said hell froze over. Yeah, it was carbonated. He said a fair and just interpretation of the law in the Ninth Circuit. Hmm, something just got cold. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what else we got? We're run- I'm running out of time here. Oh, Texas, uh, the new that new uh, uh, the new ghost gun regulation that the ATF is trying to in place is supposed to go into effect in August. Well, the first company has now stepped up to take them to court over it. Division 80, based in Galveston County in Texas, has engaged some big guns. I mean, some big guns. Uh, to uh, fight back against the ATF, including former ATF acting director Michael Sullivan, who argues that the changes the Justice Department is trying to make should be placed uh, via a vote in Congress, not an executive branch rule change. Um, That's going to carry some weight. This is just the first of what I think will probably be many lawsuits against the new ghost gun rule that the ATF is trying to implement. And uh, I, for one, can't wait to see this thing get duked out in court uh, because it is crazy. Because, again, the, the the administration is looking for just any excuse. In fact, the final thing I'll mention, any excuse will do. Uh, the Biden administration has been antithetical to firearms and to firearms licensees for years. But in the 11 months since Joe Biden declared war on rogue gun dealers, the revocations of licenses from FFLs has increased more than 500%. 
rather than targeting true bad actors, Biden's ATF is revoking FFLs for the most minor paperwork errors and glitches, things that, you know, heretofore have never been a problem. So, yeah, we need to fight back on this. We need to rein in the ATF, and we definitely need to get some Supreme Court uh, uh, guidance on uh, on defending and protecting our Second Amendment rights. Okay. Well, that takes us up against the break. we got to go. Uh, we got Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, coming up next. We're going to continue with that. Don't forget, you can come out and join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live also on youtube and and uh, twitch and of course in my email me at michaeldukeshow.com back with more when firearms friday plus chris chang right after this your mental suppository the michael duke show Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, getting ready to uh, take some call, take a call from uh, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season Four. Um, brought my fir- bought my first pistol when I was twenty one. It was a Colt Mini, nineteen eleven, and three eighty. Fit in my pocket. Oh, the Mustang, the the nineteen eleven. It's the Colt Mustang. I loved those little pistols. I wish I st- I wish I had one. I, my best friend had one, and I always thought, man, I would love to have that pistol. It's a little Colt. Looks like a 1911, only it's chambered in 380. The Colt Mustang. I love it. Wish I wish I had one. Wish I had one. Um, uh, any word on the PFD? No. They del- they did del- they again. They they keep shutting it down. We're gonna. I'm sure we're. This is gonna be an interesting weekend. Let's put it that way. My friends and I would walk the cow pasture, shoot blackbirds and starlings at the age of 13, 14, and 15. Heck, ever Sunday when weather permitted, good times. Yeah, no, it, uh, again, like I said, 100, 100 to 150 years ago, it was not unusual. I mean, when you were, when you were 16, 17, 18, you were, um, a, as a man, you were a man, right? You were an adult. You know, women... If they hit the age of 17 or 18 without being married, they were considered spinsters, right? I mean, that was – and I'm not saying because on the other end of that, you only live to the age of 45 or something like that. We've extended a lot of that. But this whole idea that somehow uh, just because just because you're only um, – just because you're only, you know, 15, 16, 17, somehow you can't be taught. And, you know, we, we're teaching we're, – we're, tr- we're treating young adults like they're kids, I mean, this whole again—the the fadism of teenagerism. The teenager—that's a—that's a made-up thing from the from the uh, from the mid uh, uh, from the mid twentieth uh, 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 century. That's not prior to that. If you were eighteen, you were already, like I said, probably married, had a job, had been doing it. You were an adult. Why do we continue to treat children um, as if they're still children? I trained my kids to be adults. I didn't train them to be kids. Right. You know what I mean? So this whole thing in California, I think is I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a blessing. So anyway, we're going to jump into that uh, here in just a second. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, season four on the phone with us right now. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Oh, good morning. I'm uh, actually in the great state of Texas this week for a firearms industry conference. 
also had a little bit too much to drink last night. Had a wonderful time, so you're going to get a very, uh, I think, unique version of me this morning. <laughs> got a got a little bit of the hangdog going on, huh? Yeah, indeed. But you know, it is wonderful to be around people and to have these amazing opportunities to network and meet, you know, meet the 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 influencers and you know the captains of industry in in the gun community and the, in the gun industry yeah and i'm happy to tell you more about that you know through and in, uh, today's show yeah no absolutely we'll get to we'll get there we'll start off with a rundown of where you're at and everything that you're covering i do also want to discuss the uh, the ninth circuit decision on the uh, uh, 18 to 20 year olds being able to purchase firearms again and your thoughts on that um, as well. Absolutely. So, uh, we were just we were just lamenting the fact that you know this modern day uh, you know this modern day paradigm that is you know teenagers now, um, you know it wasn't a hundred years ago that there wasn't such a thing as a teenager. You were a child. And then you became an adult. There was no like middle ground where this like this smoothing and uh, they trained up kids to be adults instead of to be teenagers. And, uh, and so we got kind of a different mindset. But I think we need to kind of go back to that, quite honestly, because when you got a 25 year old living in his mom's basement because he can't decide what he wanted to do, that's a problem. Indeed. So, all right. Well, hold the lines, boy. I can hear the birds behind you and everything. That's awesome. I love that. that <laughs> you, you, you know, it's it's good to be in Texas. Uh, almost as yeah. Good. I'm oh. staring at some ginormous longhorns right now too. Oh. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 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 impressive and so incredible. Bad Chris Chang down. He's down on the range. He's down on the range. Uh, roping and ringing. Okay, here we go. We're gonna jump back into it. Hold the line, Chris. I'll be right back to you, folks. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Video. Like and share this show. Chris Chang, uh, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season 4, up right now. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in. Firearms Friday, joined this morning by our friend Chris Chang, Top Shot champion from Season 4, author of the book Shoot to Win. He's from the Go Big Show. You've seen him on the cover of Recoil. He is also one of the founding members of the Asian Pacific Islanders Firearms Owners Association. I know that's not the correct name, but Chris will correct me on it. He's, he's down in Texas today. Uh, looking at Longhorn Cattle. He's got his boots on, his cowboy hat. He's kicking some stuff off. Good morning, my friend. How are you this morning? Good morning. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, here in Austin, Texas, uh, for you know, wrapping up a firearms industry uh, marketing and leadership summit. It's been awesome here. And uh, yeah, really excited to be on the show here and uh, tell you all about it and more. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, first of all, correct me on because it's the uh, it's the uh, Asian Pacific Islanders firearms. It's the it's a APA GOA, which stands for Asian Pacific American okay. Gun Owners Association. Okay. Yeah, it's a, APA GOA. Yeah, it's a new gun owners group that was founded uh, about a year ago in response to the racist attacks that have been happening against Asian Americans across our country. And, you know, it, it's, it's been uh, a moment in our country's history where Asian Americans increasingly are now 
you know, asking themselves this question, is the Second Amendment something that a, a right that I want to exercise? Is, you know, should I go learn how to shoot and own a gun for personal protection? And it's it, it is a notable ground shift in the attitudes and perspectives of Asian Americans, not just with respect to the Second Amendment, but to to gun ownership and I think to many other American values. And, and it, it's pretty exciting, I think, for, for me as an Asian American. You know, I've always been very patriotic and very appreciative of the rights and the freedoms and liberties accorded to us here in the U.S., but, you know, many Asian Americans just don't give it a thought, right? right, they, right. Uh, you know, the policies and politics and freedom, oh, you know, they just sort of like don't don't bother with that. I'm like, oh, just you know, put our heads down, get good work done, contribute to the economy and, you know, raise our families and whatnot. But, you know, the past year or two, right, with COVID and all of the civil unrest and instability in our country has, again, yeah, called into question, hey, you know, I'm an Asian American. I'm being targeted, you know, just simply because of the color of my skin. You know, hey, should I own a firearm? And this is the this is this is always a good question for all everyone to ask. You know, which of my rights are important to me? Which ones should I exercise? Which ones should I speak out and protect? And and so yeah, this is what's happening in the Asian Pacific American community these days. Well, it's good, and I'm glad that uh, again, I uh, the the tent needs to get bigger. The tent for the two A for the gun culture it needs to get bigger. And any way we can welcome in anybody, uh, race, creed, religion, orientation, whatever, I'm happy to to involve them and invite them in. That's what needs to happen. Um, all Indeed. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, first of all what you're doing down in Texas. This is a meeting of like-minded individuals. Those are my favorite kind of meetings. What are you doing down in Texas? Yes, you know, it was uh, two days of leadership, uh, leadership talks, and uh, we had, you know, captains of industry here in Austin for the firearms industry trade associations and marketing and leadership summit. You know, we heard from uh, Mark Smith, who's the CEO of Smith and Wesson, yesterday, and you know, they are you know, for uh, it's a it's a good thing that they are leaving Massachusetts, right? Which has become a very anti-gun state over the past few decades. Right. And so, you know, they're, they're going literally moving to greener pastures, right? To Tennessee. And, but it is a shame, right? That they're leaving the state where they, where everything started, you know, they've been in Massachusetts for almost 150 years. And so, you know, uh, Mark was talking about how challenging it was, right. To make the decision to move. And then of course, well, once you decide to move, well, then which state, right. Do you, do you move to, but so it was, it's, it's been wonderful to be, you know, at an in-person event also where, leaders from all across the industry right we are in the same place right we have this very amazing opportunity to network to learn from each other and figure out what are our challenges what are our opportunities around growing and expanding the industry and the gun community Right. No, absolutely. And in fact, I think I was doing some reading that <clears throat> people in Massachusetts, all of a sudden, it's like they woke up, but it's too late because now they realize that since Smith and Wesson is moving out, um, that they're going to lose. It's over a hundred million dollars a year in revenue, I think, all, all told. 
um, that they are going to end up losing in the state government because of that, because of these restrictive policies. And uh, these were all questions that were raised early on. And the Democrats in the state were like, no, we're going to punish those guns, you know. And we're seeing that in Illinois. We're seeing that, again, Massachusetts, Illinois, many of these highly anti-gun states where the manufacturers are and places like Texas and Tennessee, Georgia, they're opening up their arms to them and saying, come on down, we'll take care of you. Yeah, indeed. And so, you know, the, uh, the, the, the business decision matrix is shifted and it's no longer, you know, just um, kind of find a nice place to, you know, start a business where, you know, homes are affordable and people can raise a family and, you know, you know, get, you know, paid, you know, decent wages. Now it's having to take the politics yeah. and, and, and into consideration and, you know, and then it's at the federal the, and the state and the local levels and trying to crystal ball where a company thinks where they, you know, where is a state now with respect to gun rights and, uh, and, and the regulatory environment as well. And, and where do they think, you know, that state might be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, right? Right. It, yeah. it, Smith and Wesson, they're, they're going to be spending a ton of money, right, to relocate their production facilities right their their headquarters and other other you know functions for the companies so you know it's 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 a big deal um but yeah it's it's been a wonderful week and uh it's just been so refreshing to to hear also that diversity has been a very big focus for the firearms industry over the past few years and uh, you know, it was very interesting and, and inspiring for me to hear, you know, there basically there were four firearms industry CEOs on a panel the other day and they were, and you know, I'll just be honest, right there, they were old and they were white and they were male. Yeah. And what was, but what was interesting about their conversation, their comments was they were talking about diversity and how they understand that if they want to grow our industry and if they want to hire and, and attract and retain the best talent, right, that they need to expand not just, you know, who they're hiring, but also, you know, expand the customer base, right? There's, there, there's in any business, it's always beneficial, right? right. If you increase <laughs> your potential customer base and say, hey, you know, gun ownership is not owned by white people, right? And right. anybody that has that perspective is drinking the wrong Kool-Aid, right? right. It is, you know, it's like white people don't own, you know, they don't own the Second Amendment, right? And right. It, right, the Second Amendment is for all of us, right? And so this perception, that, and, and it's a lot of people of color have this victim mentality, right? That, oh, you know, white white people are this, you know, white people are that. It's like, hey, everybody, like, you know, that is such a victim mentality. And the for me, it's always look like if I want to, you know, be a part of something or if I want a seat at the table, I'm either going to earn my seat at the table or I'm going to go participate in the activity. I just I don't have this yeah victim mindset that, oh, you know, right. Uh, you know, the people are trying to exclude me because of the color of my skin. Like, that's just. That's not the right place to start. Now, of course, sure, right? There are people who are, you know, racist and whatnot, but, but, but there's too many people of color. Right? Their starting position is, I'm, I'm being excluded by these people because of the color of my skin. And right. It's like, well, 
well, you know, what was, let's not have that opinion until it's actually true, right? You were you right. actually experienced that. Well, the history of it, I mean, looking back, the deacons of defense, they used the Second Amendment to fight back against racism. Some of the first examples of that, you know, with the deacons for defense and others, uh, you know, that the, the, they exercise their Second Amendment right to protect people like Dr. King and others. I mean, it it, it is it is a right for all Americans. That's 100 percent for sure. Um, hey, I got about three and a half, four minutes here. I want to get into the California case today. Uh, it was that came down this week. Uh, three judge panel, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, struck down California's ban on sale of firearms to eighteen to twenty year olds for center fire uh, semi automatic rifles. What's your thoughts on this here this morning? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's a great ruling, and yeah, you know, I'm thankful that we are moving. Well, that we are we are. Uh, uh, securing this right right for for young adults and you know i it makes me think about you know i'm I'm a gen x latchkey kid right so i was you know right left alone at home you know for hours you know after i came home from school and you know this is this is a big part of my formative years of learning how to be independent and learning personal responsibility also, to be frank, I got into a lot of trouble, right? And, and right. But that's also part of being a kid, right? Is that you make mistakes and you reap the consequences of your mistakes. And I, I'm so glad that I made mistakes as a kid because obviously as we become adults, those consequences become, right, like really bad, right? You end up, you know, in jail, right? You end up, you know, being, you know, fined and, and whatnot. Um, and so this idea of we need to and you mentioned earlier right in the show that right we need to be preparing kids to become adults and that process involves us as people and society and our governments trusting and giving freedom to young adults right and so the 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 notion that oh right we we can't trust 18 year olds right to purchase a rifle but yet we will allow them to go serve in our country's military and we will put literally assault rifles right in their hands yeah, like yeah, battle it, rifles like full auto battle rifles in their hands right yeah right so it's like you know where there's where's the consistency and, and but more importantly right it is about building strong Americans. And, yeah. this, and and so much of that concept revolves around freedom and liberty and allowing us to do things, whether it's right buying firearms, you know, buying, you know, tobacco, alcohol, or, you know, voting, right? It's about giving us options to be involved in society, to make our own personal decisions and again, you know, reap the consequences, whether good or bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chris Chang, it's good to hear from you, my friend. Enjoy Texas. We look forward to talking to you again next month. Thanks for coming on the program. Thanks again for having me as always. Folks, we're up against the break. We got more coming up. Willie Waffle up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right. Well, that's good to hear from Chris. I'm glad to hear uh, there's more and more. I'm liking to see. I mean, I feel like I should have. I feel like I, I want to go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I want to say I told you so. I saw this first when I remember when Magpul, uh, Magpul uh, Corporation was uh, feeling the pressure from Colorado 
Um, they were one of the first companies, well, this is 10 years ago, uh, where Colorado was taking a lot of stances that were affecting Magpul, which is a, for those of you that don't know, Magpul is a firearms accessory manufacturer, probably most famous for the PMAG, which is used to by the military and special operations and everything else and a lot of other things. And they basically pulled up stakes uh, and said, uh, okay, well, if you're going to treat us poorly, we'll go to Texas. And uh, that was a big shock for Colorado. And I could say, this is what other states are going to be doing. They're going to be pushing out these firearms manufacturers and, uh, and it, you know, and everything else. It's, I told you so. That's what I'm just going to say. I told you so. You're not learning. Yeah, they're in a bit, they're in a bit of a panic, excuse me, in uh, Massachusetts because they just discovered that they lost, again, upwards of $100 million in taxation revenue from all the various, you know, the employee tax and the property tax and the income tax and everything else. They lost a big chunk of change and all of a sudden they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. You know. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, it was uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, can anyone tell me about the giggle switch? Well, the giggle switch is that little switch on the sele- it's a selector on the on the side of a M4 or an M16 that goes from one bullet to many bullets. That's what we call the giggle switch around here uh, because you you just giggle. Um, and then Herman is over here making comments about sober binge drinking. He didn't binge drink. He said he drank a little too much. My God, Herman is the fun police today. Okay. Um, so just don't binge drink or drink so much to get hammered. What was that kind of do with anything kind of beyond me? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement, Dwayne <clears throat> on that. Um, all right. Let's see. I'm going backwards here to see if there's anything else we need to make. Uh, we need to make Alaska the go-to place for firearms manufacturing says Bill. I think Greg Collins in, in Homer could single-handedly do that. No, I agree. I, I I agree. I would love to see. Now, that'll never really happen logistically until we probably have some kind of rail system. Um, that, I mean, that's going to be the, that's, that's going to be the big thing is until we have a rail system um, or a way to transport, you know, goods and services and everything else. Alaska just logistically, we're so far out on the end of the supply chain, it just, it's not going to happen. I would love to see it happen, though. An Alaskan-based firearms manufacturer or ammo manufacturer, what a tremendous opportunity. I mean, that is that is great. Floyd Harshman says, the number one reason our founding fathers insisted on the Second Amendment was to protect ourselves from our own government, if need be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Rick says, I talk about the railroad issue all the time. Uh, Herman is, uh, he's... Killjoy. Killjoy was here. <laughs> was it Killjoy or Kilroy? Uh, what we need is a state to try and repeal the NFA and the Gun Control Act, says uh, Carbonated. Um, I actually had a hand in helping write a, um, a piece of legislation. Uh, this has been 12, 10, 12 years ago. The, the Alaska Firearm Owners, what did it end up being called? It was the Alaska Firearms Owners Protection Act is what it was to begin with. Um, and it basically set all those things like you know you can make you should be able to uh, protect yourselves against all firearms laws and it, it had some language in it to begin with that I put into it that had to do with being able to manufacture your own suppressors as long as they didn't leave the state and some other things it got watered down quite a bit and it was eventually signed into law by Sarah Palin as governor but um, you know we got to keep fighting we've got to keep fighting on these things that's exactly it 
What is happening with the rail system in Alaska? No, not much. Not much. Um, um, All right. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm reading some of the comments here about drunkenness and everything else. Chris, the reason that we're talking about why is, why are we talking about drinking? Because Chris mentioned, he said, I was with a bunch of friends and I had a little too much to drink last night and I'm feeling it this morning. Okay, great. But he's here. He made it. He had a good conversation with us. Man, why why we all got to be so judgy? Why we all got to be so judgy? I think we should be taking those logs out of our own eyes before we look to another, right? Um, he's here. He showed up on the job. He did what he was supposed to do. What you do on your own time is between you and the creator. It's all I'm saying right now. Oh, man, what a fast show today. Holy cow. I mean, it's just like I just got started, and here we are coming up. I'm waiting. The phone is going to ring here again in just a second, and we're going to have Willie Waffle on board, and we're going to get uh, we're going to get down into this. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, really looking forward to seeing what's on the entertainment. Ooh, that's the that's the cue. That's my cue. We're going to jump into it here and get things going on. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based. Free thing and radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's get this done. Here we go. Okay, one final deal. It is the weekend. This is the official kickoff of the weekend. Every time we talk to Willie Waffle, it's officially the weekend. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I like to be the harbinger of saying goodbye to the man of the week. That, that's what I am. The man of the all week? Right? Is that what you said? The man of the week? Well, you know, you, know, you say goodbye to the man. Oh. Yeah. Because the week is over, and now you're going to go live your life, baby. That's right. Now you're going to be the little boy. That's what it's going to be all about. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's start diving into this. Here, we'll start off with the uh, start off with the entertainment news. Uh, Netflix is uh, may change up some of their subscription plans. Now, I've been a Netflix uh, Netflix 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 subscriber since. The beginning. I mean, since they first started. I mean, when they when they went from the disc to the stream, I I paid the extra six bucks or whatever it was for the stream, and I've been a Netflix subscriber since then. Um, what am I looking? Yeah, what am I looking at here? Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Netflix wants to um, add a an ad supported tier. Basically, you'll pay a lower price for Netflix, and you'll see commercials. And and uh, this this uh, idea first rolled out, you know, a few weeks ago. When Netflix announced that, you know, while the current quarter wasn't all that great, next quarter they were going to lose something like two million subscribers, and they need to find a way to bring in bring in more money. They need to find a way to bring back those subscribers or bring in a lot of the people who, frankly, are sharing passwords, and uh, they're going to be cracking down on that a lot more as the year goes on. And the original thought was that it would be maybe a year or two away. Now. It no. <laughs> might be as soon as this fall. Wow. Okay. So they're going to create a lower tier password where you pay less, but you get commercials, which is, I think Hulu has a plan that's like four or five bucks a month. I'm on that it. plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm on that plan. I, I see those commercials. <laughs> you are you are cheap, my friend. I figured the extra <laughs> I figured the extra six bucks or whatever it is per month. I mean, every time I watch one of those commercials, I, a little piece of my soul dies. And I figured for six bucks a month, I will. I mean, I would pay you a dollar per commercial just not to have to watch them. Uh, for, <laughs> for six bucks a month, I'm just like my life. The time that I spend, if I watch a if I watch a 45 minute show and it's got 12 minutes worth of ads in it, that 12 minutes, I mean, you watch a couple hours a month and that 12 minutes is worth the the six bucks. You know what I mean? Well, well, you know, I made a decision. You know, like like you know, like Disney Plus, you don't have ads, although they might go to something like this. Uh, you know, uh, that's actually there. There's some talk out there that Disney may actually Disney Plus may try something like this. Okay. Uh, so you know that that's out there. But you know, like I don't pay, for, so you don't have ads for Disney. I don't have ads for Netflix. I do pay the higher price for Paramount Plus because when I'm watching Star Trek, I do not need commercials. Right. So you know, I'm in there, and then Hulu was always kind of like my 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 fourth. Like I'm, I, like Hulu's never been my number one streamer. It's always kind of like, well, let's see what's out there. But you know, th- but I will admit they've had some pretty good series this year yeah. that I've really been excited about. And and when they bring back Only Murders in the Building in in uh, I think it's Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to be there. <laughs> right, right. Well, I got to say, I will give up a latte a month to not have to watch commercials on any streaming service. That's just I don't care at this point. No, <laughs> I will not do it. Uh, any pushback so far on this? Uh, you know, not yet. I mean, I, I just don't think because it's, it's still just kind of uh, it's kind of this emerging idea. I think they're they're, they're testing the waters, as they say. And, uh, you no, know, they haven't really talked about a cost, although if it's not nine ninety nine, I would be surprised. Uh, so I think that's probably going to be the cost. And they are testing it in uh, some South American countries, in Costa Rica, in Peru, in Chile, just to see what the reaction is going to be like. You because know, I think they also run another another uh, they run another danger. Remember that they can have people who are paying the twenty bucks a month go. Yeah, I'm willing to put up with some ads and pay pay ten dollars a yeah, month. Yeah, and if they lose too many of those yeah. compared to the numbers that they gain, that could be a problem. But they've run some in, there's some internal like numbers and some studies that have been done that say that if they get enough people to sign up for this lower this lower uh, lower tier. That could generate another billion to a billion and a half dollars every year. Okay. All right. Well, we'll look at it. We'll see what happens. Um, last week, we talked about Mike Myers and the Pentaveret on Netflix and how it was a fail. And the numbers have proved it out. Yeah, the numbers have proven that Mike Myers, you're done. Uh, you know, the, the, the days of Austin Powers and, and the, you know Wayne's World, they were great days. You were a legend for those. And now it's time to stop. You know, and, and yeah, the Pentaver really has, has crashed and burned in every way you can imagine on Netflix. It is it is not considered very good. It didn't even make the top ten list this week for Netflix. And when when they have a brand new show of that magnitude and it doesn't even hit the top ten, it's yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't waste my weekend on it. That's all I can say. Be okay. Glad. Yeah, exactly. Be glad. It, I'll tell you. Yeah, well, I I tell you what I would waste my weekend on, Taco Bell Mexican pizza. Oh man, it is one of my favorite. That is one of my favorite. I don't eat Taco Bell often, but when I do, man, I do. And then they killed the Mexican pizza back in 2020, and apparently, I'm not the only one who's super psyched about Mexican pizza and wants it to come back. Yeah, this is this is my favorite story of the week. 
you know who else loves the Mexican pizza? Mm. That would be Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, Country Music Hall of Fame member, all around music legend, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton and, loves her some Taco Bell. Yeah, and, and mentioned this in like an interview. Like she had mentioned in some interview that, you know, oh, I really actually, you know, I missed the Taco Bell, uh, you know, Mexican pizza. I thought it was great. You know, and uh, you know, when, when the people at Taco Bell heard this, an idea was spawned. First of all, they've got a lot of people who want the, uh, they want the Mexican pizza to come back and it's right. coming back. Right. And what they're going to do with Dolly Parton is they're going to be um, showing a TikTok musical. It will be called Mexican Pizza the Musical. With songs from Dolly about her love and need for the return of the Taco Bell Mexican pizza. Okay. It will be available May 26th. The Mexican pizza comes out May 19th. Okay. So I love you, Dolly. Thank you so much for bringing back the single handedly bringing back the Mexican pizza. Boy, it really does feel like it was all her, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. At this point, it's all her. It's all her. The Mexican Pizza, the musical on TikTok. All right. Well, you'll have to download TikTok and look into it and tell me how it is. Um, All right. Well, let's let's move forward here and start talking about the streams and the movies. Um, Should we start off with the stream? How about Netflix? Yeah, let's go to let's go to the streams because that's where things are happening this week. Right. Uh, you know, not much not much happening in theaters because everybody is still going to go see Doctor Strange. But uh, you know that brings out Netflix. See, see, this is a great this this movie right here proves to me what Netflix is doing and what Netflix has has how Netflix has changed. Uh, I think the movie industry. Okay. So their big one of their big movies this week is this Colin Firth World War II movie. Operation Mincemeat. Now, you hear that and you think, gee, a World War II movie with Colin Firth, that sounds like it would come out at Oscar time. Right, and, right. But, but, but these movies don't make any money in theaters anymore. But Netflix is happy to pick them up. And, and this is where kind of those, those mid-level dramas, those adult-driven dramas are going. They're going to streaming. And I'm glad because I think it's a decent movie. Uh, it, it is based on the true story. It is about uh, British officers. They're they're in MI5 essentially, and uh, they have to come up with a plot to to basically um, you know confuse Hitler. Uh, you know they, they the the British want to and the Allies want to invade Sicily. It, it's around 19 I want to say it's 1942 1943, and uh, they want to invade Sicily because this could you know really put Hitler on the run. Right. But to do so, they need to they need to engage in a little bit of stuff as they say, because they need Hitler to believe the attack is coming from someplace else. And they come up with one of the most outrageous plots you will ever hear. Uh, you know, in, in historical lore, it is considered one of the greatest spy maneuvers or spy plans you've ever, ever heard of. <laughs> one, of the ba- one of the best propaganda pan- uh, campaigns ever perpetrated against an enemy. Yep. Yep, yep, and uh, I mean, I'll tell you, because this is the, the story, so the story that they come up with, the, the plot that they come up with, is that they are going to have a dead body wash ashore in Spain, carrying papers that make the Germans believe that the invasion is coming from Greece. Okay, well, you, you, you got real quiet there. The invasion oh. is coming from Greece? 
or the invasion is going to Greece. Pardon me, going to Greece. Okay. So the Allies are going to invade Greece in this this uh, plot that they've they've put together to hopefully have Hitler amass his troops in in Greece and leave Sicily open. Man. And, and you know, and it's crazy because you know when you when you look at what they went through, you know, the the, the weeks and weeks of planning and plotting and trying to make this as realistic as possible, you know, trying to put things on this body that would make you think it was a real person, had a real life. They create a whole backstory. <laughs> they create everything you could imagine. It's wild to watch. Uh, well, I, I, loves me, I love me some World War II movies, so I'll definitely uh, go out there and check it out. And Colin Firth is a dynamite actor. So Operation Mincemeat on Netflix, negative one to four waffles, what do you say? You know, I'm going three waffles because I, I think that one of the downfalls of the movie is that, oh, God, they got to create a love story. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they got to create a love triangle. Oh, you know, that really wasn't even there. Right. You know, I mean, just stick, stick to the procedural, man. Like, that's interesting. I mean, it's a war movie. We don't need a love story in a war movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we move on. So three waffles. We move on to Candy, which is the new true story on Hulu of Candy Montgomery, who was accused of murdering her neighbor. Uh, more true crime from Willie. Big big surprise there. What what do you say? This is, you know, this one is kind of interesting. Uh, it's Jessica Beale of all people, playing Candy Montgomery, and proving to be a pretty darn good actress. I'll be honest with you. I think Jessica Beale is the reason you want to see this five-part series. It started Monday. There's been a new episode every day leading up to today, which will have the finale. And, uh, you know, it tries to show you what this woman, it's almost like a character study in a lot of ways, you know, where we see who this woman is, what she's going through, and uh, let's just say why she might have wanted to kill that woman, that her, other woman. Her neighbor, yeah. I yep, her neighbor. Yeah. Jessica Biel, I, I mean, she's done some good stuff. I mean, I'm not, uh, but I don't immediately think of her as a, you know, as a real actor with super huge chops or anything, but she does a good job. Oh, she does fantastic here, you know, playing this, you know, very, very much a church-going lady, you know, and, and outwardly, uh, you know, showing all of those attitudes and showing that, that behavior. And then we see what she's doing behind the scenes. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, and, and frankly, how she tries to get away with it. Uh, wow. You know, if, if, you, if you know the case, you know uh, where it goes to, uh, you know, uh, you, well, I don't want to give it away. But, you know, how she tries to cover it all up wow. and, and watching her, you know, executing this plan is is something to watch. All right. Candy on Hulu, negative one to four waffles. Yeah, I'm going like two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Feeling I don't think it needed to be five parts. I thought like, you know, it could have been like a really good two or three parter. OK. All right. So yeah. not, you know, just taking a chance. Uh, last one. I'm kind of looking forward to this because I loved the original. It is Stephen King's Firestarter in theaters and on the Peacock. This is the remake um, with Zac Efron. Uh, we got about 90 seconds here. Give me give me your take on it. They wouldn't even let me see it. Oh. So, you know, there, there, there's your 90 seconds right there. You know, like, you, you know, this this is basically this is this is the Peacock going. We know you don't want to. We know we know this movie's going to stink. We're, we're going to put it in theaters, and we're going to put it on Peacock the same day because nobody's going to be angry. No no, no movie theaters going, darn you for trying to steal the traffic that's going to go. No, they know no one's going to go. 
Well, they haven't done they, they haven't done much press on it. I mean, I just happened to catch it like a, a month ago or something on one of those you know videos on YouTube or whatever. There's like movies that are coming that you haven't heard of yet, and I was like, yeah, I hadn't heard of it, but I loved <laughs> I but I loved Firestarter. I loved the original one with David. Uh, was it David Keith? Not Keith David. I can't remember the guy's name. He had no, two, David Keith. David, David Keith, Keith. Yeah. And 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 you know obviously you Drew know, Barrymore. Star, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and that's and that's why you cared about seeing the movie. It's it's an eleven year old girl who sets things on fire with her mind. There's a story there. Yeah. Oh no. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to uh, to see it. Although they must not be too proud of it if they didn't even give you any chance on it. So what's coming up next week? Quickly. Next week that would be Downton Abbey the sequel. Okay. Oh, and did you watch your? You had some homework. You were going to watch the first episode of the regular series Bosch. Did you do it? I thought it was pretty good. Now I get why you were so excited See? about it. See, uh, you know, and, and I'm sorry. I just love how the, the the first episode starts off with the fact that he's probably going to get kicked off the porch. Oh man! And, can, and it, can I say, how does an LA police detective afford that amazing house that he has? Oh, you find, overlooking the entire uh, yeah. valley. <laughs> you find out how he affords that house later on. It all comes down okay. to it. So you'll find out about it. All right, Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. we got to go. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Folks, we're out of time. we got to go. We'll see you on Monday. All right, Willie. No, I mean, you do find out because, yeah, that's the first thing I thought is like, how does he get this house with like half the walls are glass and it's overlooking right. L.A.? And and I'm like, this place it looks like George Clooney's house. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it's tiny, but it's mint, you know, and I'm like, how does he you find out he find out how he how he got it and everything else. But, okay. yeah, that story starts off with a bang and it just gets better. You meet Honey Chandler. Did you meet Honey Chandler in the first episode? Yes, okay. right in the first. Right. Yeah. Because we see that the. You know, he he's on trial and she's just crucifying. Oh, she is cruce. She is so (laughs) nasty. And then, of course, by the end, it's, you know, they they, they're working together by season seven or whatever it is. It is a fantastic show. I can't wait for you to get into it and watch more of it and uh, share it with me. So anyway, I I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for coming on board. You got it, man. I'll talk to you next week. All right, folks, we're out of time. We will see you on Monday. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs>